Oh, no one ever thinks about the crew below the decks. They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day. But when the richies leave the ship, the yachties get to play. yo ho Before we dip our toe in the med, just a quick word from our sponsor. And while you're listening, maybe you could leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform you listen to our podcast on. We appreciate you. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey, Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, welcome back to another Gangplank Report. We are discussing Below Deck Mediterranean Season 7 Episode, what is this? 12. 12. Holy cow, we're at 12 already? Mm Mm-hmm. It feels like we're on 20, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and Bravo called it, we just don't click. Mm-hmm. And we are calling it, welcome to martyrdom. And here is Jen for your rapid recap. Sandy was extremely gentle with Tosh and Tosh still acts like it was a kick to the stomach. The guests leave a 20K tip. And as a bonus, the owner is giving the crew a day off. Instead of finishing up cleaning, Tosh and Kyle take a break together in their cabin and skip most of Z's birthday dinner to clean the pantry. Out of eight crew members, only four show up for Z's museum birthday. So flipping rude. At the club, Z works on his pickup game and winds up with a married chick. Out of the blue, Storm gives Natalia a watch, but tells Z he'd actually originally gotten it for his sister. Jason and Tosh are battling it out for the title of Biggest Martyr, hence the title of our episode. Nat thinks that things are moving too fast with Storm, so he pulls back and she gets mad. Kyle thinks Nat feels guilty about telling Sandy what was going on, but she's not even thinking about them. Courtney is struggling with her dad's deterioration, but shared that it also inspired her to move to deck crew. And in this week's cliffhanger, Storm has a sit down with Jason and Jason tells Storm to replace him. We'll have to see next week if Storm can talk him out of it. And that's your rapid recap. Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. This is another meh episode for me, but I feel like we're headed towards a direction. At least I can be optimistic that we're headed in a direction where this will get more interesting. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't dramatic, but there is at least a lot of things to talk about. It's not the same stuff. It's new things. They're just new boring things. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And this whole thing with, I like Natalia. I'm having a hard time with her this episode. I did too. Mm -hmm. I 
feel like she's being wishy-washy like she wants the attention from storm but she doesn't want everything that's attached to the attention with storm like you can't have your cake and eat it too kind of situation right i thought what he did was really sweet and she just acted the complete opposite of how i hoped she would right like no appreciation and i don't understand that I think she just doesn't know how to relationship. We know her longest one was seven weeks and that was when she was 17. So I don't think she knows what it's supposed to be like. We heard from her that her parents got divorced when she was like six. So I don't know that she knows what a good relationship looks like to be able to aspire to it, if that makes sense. Sure. But I'm finding myself not agreeing with Kyle for the last handful of episodes, but I kind of do agree with him on this. Like, if you're not going to stop and appreciate somebody like Storm and the way that he's treating you, which is basically like a princess, then you're just going to end up shooting yourself in the foot later on in life and being angry at yourself for not being able to acknowledge that that was meaningful and thoughtful. Right. I actually did some research. Okay. You know how I am. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I Googled the company. It's Votch with a V, V O T C H, and they are cruelty free watches. Okay. So it's not even a leather band. They're not super expensive. If he didn't get it on sale, it was 147 bucks. If he did get it on sale, it was 88 bucks. He didn't buy her a Rolex. So she's attaching a little too much sentiment to something that's not super big. If you're talking, they're getting anywhere between. 1800 and 2000 in tips every three days right i mean i think it was a little bit silly of him to admit that he got it for his sister initially yeah because it's it's, (laughs) it almost like it takes away the sentiment if it wasn't something he chose specifically for her but at the time obviously she's not watching like we are voyeuristically so she doesn't know that right but you know that might hurt her feelings now knowing that that she made such a big deal about this and maybe if she had known he got it for his sister, but thought, hey, this would be a nice thing to give to her. Maybe she would have reacted a little bit differently. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was sweet. I understand everything seems very frenetically paced on yachts. You've told me that before. As far as relationships, you feel like you know everybody really well. And I think he's comfortable in that mode. And I think she's just uncomfortable in it. And even though you get to know each other well, there's still personality quirks that you have to navigate. And I don't think that they're paired really well in that aspect. I would agree with that. It's kind of a bummer to watch because you don't want to see anybody get their feelings hurt. But at the same time, if it's going to happen, it might as well happen sooner rather than later is kind of how I look at it. Right. I did think she was a little wishy-washy with telling him to slow down and then he goes off by himself and she wants to be the girlfriendy type of, I'm going to go cheer him up. I'm going to go do this. It's like he wanted a minute. Give him a minute. Like you said, she wants her cake and wants to eat it too. Yeah. I didn't think he did anything wrong. It might seem a little fast to other people, but knowing now how much the watch cost and that it was for his sister, it just feels like he just wanted to do something nice for her. Right. And they don't get to get off the boat and go shopping. So yeah, she made a bigger deal out of it than I thought it was. And I thought she was being a little petty all the way around this Not that her complaints about the interior aren't justified. I feel like she could have just shut her mouth at one point in time. Her delivery sucks. 
yeah (laughs) yeah i mean it's dry she's sarcastic i can appreciate all of those things but i think her bitching and moaning about the interior team staying behind to do the job that she made sure sandy knew they didn't do was petty of her Mm -hmm. and i wasn't impressed by that i thought the way she went about it was petty i thought they were wrong for doing it because we sat there and watched them lay down in the bottom bunk 100% and just sit there and talk and to not go out and be there and celebrate Z was a jerk move I thought they had plenty of time to get it done and I think she was right in the respect that they do want to come off as martyrs like look Sandy we're giving up our fun time she even said that that we're giving up our fun time to do work because we care about our job it's like No, it's so you look like a martyr and poor you, you have to stay behind. You didn't have to stay behind. Right. Yeah. I thought it was dumb. I was not impressed. I am continually unimpressed with both Natasha and Kyle. Yeah. Thus far. Dialing it back a little real quick. What did you think of Sandy's conversation with her? I thought she was on point saying like, I expect better from you. I have seen you the first handful of charters and what I'm seeing now is not on par with that. And I expect more. She shouldn't have to walk downstairs in the morning to get her coffee and see a big mess. Right. That's not how we operate on yachts. That's why we get paid more money to do things like this. And so I thought that the conversation from Sandy's side was where it needed to be. I don't think she was over the top in anything she said, including when she told Kyle that it makes her want to puke when she walks downstairs and sees it that much of a mess. See, and I think if anything, she was a little too soft because when Tosh came back and said that there just isn't enough time for it to be done, were I Sandy, I would have said, funny, this is my sixth season and it's never been this dirty before and they all got it done. Yeah. But yeah, I wish she would have been a little harder just with even when she asked Tosh, do you really need two people? And Tosh is just like, yes. Matter of fact, Sandy did say that she thought it was a time management issue, just like you did. So yeah, I mean, she laid the information out there. Well, but this is also the first time she's really having a conversation with a department head like this. And this is someone that she's new to working with. If this was Hannah four seasons in, that's different. Right. She knows how Hannah operates. So she also, as the leader, has to figure out what is going to be the best thing for the crew culture and what's going to be the most effective. Right. Right. So we know that Sandy historically hasn't always been the best about communication, but I think she's trying hard to figure out a way to make sure that the message is delivered without going too hard and Natasha shutting down and then the job doesn't get done. Yeah. Even with the soft pedaling that she did, you saw in the confessional that Natasha did that she felt like she got kicked in the stomach. Honey, that's not even close. Not even. To some of the reamings that we have seen from captains on this show. Right. So for you to think that that was, I mean, she's, also said sandy screamed at me Mm -hmm. you know it's it's just ridiculous like her interpretation is all in her head right anybody else watching those conversations is like all right she told you what needed to be done just do it yeah agreed and you're right sandy is trying 
she doesn't know what will demotivate and what will motivate. So she erred on the side of caution. So I will back up on that saying, I think she needs to go harder. You're right. She's got to see how it's received first. And then she can decide where to go from there. Right. And then going forward, if the situation does not improve or worsens, then she has every right to take hit number two. Right. But in this, you have to pick your battles and which hill do you want to die on? And I'm not sure that that's the one that Sandy wants to die on. Right. Well, at this dinner for Z, it was kind of weird. I mean, it was a beautiful setting being in a museum, but it does kind of lean itself to a little bit of reverence if you're an art person that you can't get lit in a setting (laughs) like that. You know what I mean? So it did seem very calm and I couldn't tell if it was just because it was four of them at first. Storm showed up first and the cleaning the whole thing. Is that not something more than one person can do? Maybe it was just, uh, you know what, I'll just buckle down and get it done kind of thing. Well, one, it's Z's birthday. Right. And he doesn't want to make Z stay and do it on his birthday, which is understandable. Maybe he wasn't comfortable having Courtney do it because maybe she doesn't have experience in that. I mean, we didn't see that conversation. Right. But at night in the dark like that, he's the most experienced. It makes sense for him to just get it done because he can do it a lot faster without having to have a second person there so that he has to supervise anyway. Okay. And I think he's already on the rocks with Jason and he knows that. And so asking Jason to stay behind even though Jason volunteered to help the interior, asking Jason when their relationship is already rocky to stay behind on a night off to do something like that might not drive very well. Right. So it was probably just a process of elimination for him to be like, you know what, I'll just do it myself. Yeah. It needs to be done and quickly. And so I'll just do it kind of thing. Okay. That's how I looked at that anyway. All right. And I get that. It just seemed like it's a big side of a ship. If you had two people working, you get it done twice as fast and everybody could have gone. But I can see where he's a little self-sacrificing and will do things to keep other people from having to do that. It makes more sense now that you put it that way. Yeah, I just think that part of it was him not wanting to make Z stay behind. That makes sense. That probably would have been his first choice just because he trusts him and he knows that Z would probably do exactly what he needed him to do without a lot of back talk or anything like that. But he probably didn't want to make him do it on his birthday, which I understand. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that's how that probably played out. That's what makes the most sense to me anyway. So when everybody does show up and they're at the club, that was still kind of weird and awkward. Z's trying to get his pickup game going. And that was just bizarre how (laughs) that wound up. I'm married. I'm not dead. And I'm just like, (laughs) you could hear the tire screech, you know, like what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was interesting. Yeah. Just odd. Very odd and strange to me. So the next day they go to that beach club, which was gorgeous, by the way. I know that Dave and he, I love how he says slippy and not slippery, but he said that the rocks were slippy, Mm -hmm. but that looked gorgeous. I mean, I would love to just sit in that and look out over the ocean. So it was a beautiful setting. Beach parties. Why don't the guests go there? I'm sure they would love it. Mm -hmm. That was stunning. But I had this weird dichotomy within myself. 
And I talked to Roseanne last night because she had seen the episode already as well. And we both had this thing where we felt bad for Jason, but at the same time we were over it because he doesn't do himself any favors and you feel bad. Like if you put yourself in that situation, you'd feel awful. But at the same time, they invited him and he was like, no, I'm good here. And he's just not making any effort. So it's hard to feel sympathetic, even though you know, if it was you that you'd feel miserable. Right. Yeah. He's just awkward Mm -hmm. is the best way to put that. He's just awkward. And you're absolutely right. I don't think he's doing himself any favors. I think he's also not reading the room very well. Yeah. His weird blue non sequiturs when he was talking about herpes and all that kind of stuff. It just was like, yeah, bring up anal at the beginning of dinner. Like what's wrong with you? (laughs) I can see how maybe some of the talk that they have is a little blue, but they're not that graphic. You know what I mean? When they're joking on the boat, Mm -hmm. there was just something about it that just fell flat to me every time he was trying to do that. And it was just like, this is just the weirdest. You're honey, it didn't just fall flat to you. (laughs) Well, good. I'm glad I'm not alone. No, definitely not. And I think that leads us into where we end this episode with Jason saying to Storm, like, just send me home, man. Like, I just... You know, and for the last thing that Storm says to be like, I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay here. Like, I don't know if he's saying that because he means it or he's saying it because he likes to be liked and he doesn't want to look like a failure as a leader. I think it's the latter. I think you nailed it a couple episodes ago when we were talking that this is his first experience as bosun. This is his first experience as management. Because when I was saying he should just fire Jason, you said he might not want to go that route because he might want to try to make it work because you can't just fire everybody that you don't work with. You have to try and figure it out. That's what management's about. I think he's trying really hard to do what he knows is required of somebody managing a team. Mm Mm-hmm. I think so too. Looking at it from his perspective, the next thing that's going to have to happen is that he's going to have to go to Sandy and say, Jason wants to leave. He wants me to replace him. And the first question Sandy's going to have is, well, why? Right. And then if she brings Jason in and Jason says, I don't feel like I'm being included. He tells me he wants me to be self-motivated and take initiative with things. But then when I do, he shoots me down like any of those things. And you know, Jason is the kind of person that's going to do everything he can to make himself look like he's doing everything he can, even if he's not, and make somebody else look bad like Storm. So I'm sure all of those calculations are running through his mind. At least I would hope so. Yeah. To be like, you know what, the lesser of two evils here is let me see if I can talk him into staying as opposed to having to go tell Sandy that my deck team is failing and this is why or whatever Jason is going to try to say is why. Well, Jason was delusional when he said that he thought that he was pulling more weight than anyone. That was absolute nonsense i mean episode one with reagan he was he was because it was only him and reagan (laughs) but since courtney has come on she and z have been a very dynamic team and she's doing the tender driving and z is just on point with everything and he can't even stow the cleaning supplies away right so he's just not living in reality right maybe at the beginning yes but certainly not now I agree. 
we'll have to see what happens next week if he can talk him out of it or what goes on we do have a couple questions though okay I just want to give a shout out to Amy, who's a longtime Below Deck fan. I did a cameo for her birthday this week, and her husband, Peter, was very sweet. He wanted to make sure that she had an extra special birthday. So happy birthday, Amy. Happy birthday. All right. Well, we have two questions. And Georgie from the UK, we love her. She's been with us for a very long time. She actually wrote into us a couple weeks ago and it slipped through the cracks. So thanks for your patience, Georgie. But she has a question about the crew areas on luxury yachts. She Mm -hmm. said on home, it has a really, really small crew area in comparison to the size of the boat. The laundry room's tiny. The crew mess isn't that big either, nor is the galley. She wanted to know, is there any correlation between the size of crew areas with the size of the boat, or is it potluck as to whether the boat designer was the slightest bit interested in crew comfort? Most European boats are not built for crew comfort. Let's put it that way, because they are all about maximizing the interior space for the guests. So usually crew areas are an afterthought, obviously necessary, but not necessarily prioritized. Which is silly since we spend more time on the boat than the owners do or the guests do. But it's just the way that it is. Mm -hmm. Our space is for sleeping, for eating, for laundry. And I think because of the sleek design of this boat, it's a lot like the go-fast European boats. Where the crew area is just the part that gets sacrificed for square footage. Because they're trying to still make the guest areas feel as big as possible. So yes, I think there is a correlation somewhat between the size of the yacht, but I think design also has quite a lot to do. I know design also has quite a lot to do with it. You would be astounded at some of the tiny crew areas that I have been subjected to sleeping in because there's just no space anywhere else. All right. Well, awesome. Well, thank you, Georgie. Thank you for sticking with us and being patient in me asking that question. The next question we have is from Elizabeth, and she wanted to know if you thought that the guests are specifically requesting all of those multi-ingredient shots and drinks. She said she could understand doing one when they board if it requested, but she says she thinks they're making them just because it seems a little fussy. I absolutely think that this is all Natasha's doing. I think that she's doing it because that's her strong suit. And so she's trying to show off right away to the guests that she has strong cocktail making skills. I don't think any of them are requesting those. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's something that production has encouraged, but I genuinely believe out of all of the possible circumstances that it's Natasha trying to impress the guests right away because she lacks in other places, but showing up with a blue Jolly Rancher, whatever the hell that stupid thing was, (laughs) is her way of trying to start off on a good foot with a good impression, even though that's not what would impress me right away right i would rather just have a glass of champagne and let me roam around the boat yeah when she was in the cabin with kyle and she said that she knows that she's really good at her job i can't take away that she's good at service even though the wine pairing might make that a questionable statement (laughs) but there's so much more to being a chief stew than service you can't just be good at a third of your job right i mean you can only be good at a third of your job. You just won't have that job very long. Right. Is the difference. Exactly. 
Elizabeth had a couple more questions. One, she said, couldn't Kyle at least have left a note for Nat about why the pantry was so bad? The guests were up super late, so I'd be willing to give a little grace, but it sounded like she thought he went to bed at least a couple hours earlier than what we saw. I'll take this one. He should have left a note. I don't think that that would keep Nat from being upset about it because there were two of them on. Yes, Tosh went to bed a little earlier than Kyle, but not much. And Natalia knows what's involved with the job. This isn't her first go around on a boat. So she knows that there was time to get it done. Absolutely. And for what it's worth, we usually have a notebook that we keep so that we can keep track of the drink preferences and the food preferences. And as we find out information about the guests and certain things that they like and don't like so that there's documentation from shift to shift. So that way we know if Natasha or Kyle overhears the guests at dinner the first night talking about, oh, I can't wait to have a latte in the morning. Make a note of that so that Natalia is prepared for that when she wakes up the next morning to do breakfast service. Right. And those kind of things that that's why we do what we do is to be able to keep track of those little bitty things, seemingly little bitty things that really do add up in the end to a better tip if you're paying attention. And so the fact that that notebook exists and is not being monitored or not being kept up with is disappointing because it has every possibility of changing or improving the tip that they're going to get at the end of this thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's just short-sighted really for Natasha and Kyle to not give her an advantage that way. Or like you said, just write a note and say, hey, we were up late. Sorry, it's a mess. We'll help you in the morning when we get up. Something, something. Mm -hmm. anything any form of communication is better than no communication yeah usually we do a wrap-up like kyle and natasha went to bed guess we're down we went to bed at two or whatever just so that she knows when to expect to see them eight hours later yeah isn't that usually the kind of stuff they put on the wipe off board yeah or in a notebook yeah all right And she did ask us if our perception of Natalia has changed at all after this episode. I think that one we've answered with our thoughts on the show. I still don't think she's wrong from a perspective of getting the job accomplished. I just don't like her delivery. Right. That's the same for me. Last but not least, and you can't answer this and it makes me so happy because I got a question. (laughs) It says, this is not below deck related, but I think Jen watches our HOBH, which is the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And actually, I don't really watch it, but I did watch the Aspen trip just because it was such big talk on Twitter. And she said, if so, do you really think there's no footage of Kathy Hilton's Aspen meltdown at the club or in the van ride home? I think there is footage. They have those sprinter vans set up with GoPros. I think there is footage. I think it's disputable what is on the footage. And I think not showing the footage lets them play with it more. So yay, not below deck related, but I got to answer a question. So yay. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea what that was about. (laughs) (laughs) I'll fill you in after we're off air. Perfect. Thank you, Georgie. And thank you, Elizabeth, for your questions. If you would like to be like these two lovely ladies, please email us at gangplankreport at gmail.com. Or you can message us on Twitter or Instagram or tweet us right in the show thread. So thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. And we will catch you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. 
Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me, hearties. Thank <laughs> you.